A global team of astronomers have crafted the most sensitive radio image ever of a globular cluster, an ancient ball of tightly packed stars. Joining me to help me understand really what is a globular cluster, what is this tightly packed group of stars, why is it significant, and what does it mean about a radio signal that's been detected? Dr Arash Baramian joins me today to have a chat about what they've found. Thank you, Arash, for joining us. Now, how long have you been looking into this particular, is it a cluster? Can I say that? Is that the most colloquial form of what you've been looking at? Yeah, Yeah, that is a cluster. So uh, we are looking at a star cluster, and in this case, a globular cluster. So globular clusters are these really ancient collections of stars. They are between hundreds of thousands to millions of stars closely packed together and they are within our galaxy. Our galaxy has around 100 to 200 of these globular clusters. Um, Some galaxies have a lot more. And uh, so what we have done is we have looked at one of these specifically. The reason to look at uh, globular clusters is that they are uh, very old and they have a lot of stars that have been around since the young age of our galaxy. So it allows us to understand old stars in our galaxy, how they form, how they die, because a lot of these stars have gone through the evolution, stellar evolution, and have turned into uh, stellar remnants of things like black holes. So there are a lot of these in these uh, globular clusters. So looking into them allows us to have a a glance at the uh, older times of our galaxy and also um, uh, understand stellar evolution, how stars die, what happens to them. So for those reasons, we have uh, picked one of the brightest and closest globular clusters uh, to us and we have uh, looked at it for, uh, uh, pushed the sensitivity of our, our telescope to look at it in detail. So when you say it's one of the brightest, does that mean it has a lot more stars than other clusters or is it just closer? What makes it so bright? It, it is a bit of both. As things that are closer to us, even with similar brightness, things that are closer look a bit brighter. So it's it's close to us, but it's also, it, it, it has a lot of stars. So yeah, it's a bit of both. That's why it looks one of the brightest at night in the night sky and it's almost visible with the naked eye. I was going to say, can I see it if I went out tonight? If it was a nice, uh, clear, clear sky, I could yeah, look. If you look towards the direction of the Magellanic clouds, those uh, nebulous structures that sometimes we see towards the south, uh, there is a small blip of light next to one of them that looks slightly brighter. It's hard to see it easily, especially in the cities, but if you go to somewhere that is slightly darker, you can actually see it next to the Magellanic clouds. So if you were in a regional area of Western Australia, you might be a shot at being able to see this. Absolutely. Okay. All right. I'm going to give it. Now, what's this particular cluster called? Does it have a name? Yes, it is called 47 Tukani uh, or Tukani. Uh, this is a, uh, that's its name. And uh, it is around a few thousand light years away from us, which sounds like a lot. But when we consider that our galaxy is tens of thousands of light years across, then we realize that the ones that are only a few thousands are very close to us. Now, there's been a radio image detected. So yes. how significant is that and what could it possibly mean? Yeah, so... So uh, to make this image, this is a culmination of uh, a, a lot of observations pushing the Australia Telescope Compact Array uh, to its sensitivity limit to get to this level. Uh, and there are two exciting aspects from uh, about this. One is the fact that, as I said, globular clusters have a lot of exotic stellar objects that we can actually look at, black holes, neutron stars, which are a dense remnant of some stars. All of these are in the cluster. And these are so densely packed with stars that over time, over 
cosmological times, some of these run into other stars and start interacting with those stars. And that creates these uh, amazing signals, energetic uh, pulses into the, uh, into the space that we can capture them. And it allows us to understand uh, better how black holes behave, how many of them are there, how they form, how they uh, move around in a cluster. So that's one of the exciting aspects of this, that we have actually captured a radio image so deep that has allowed us to explore this for the first time. So this is the deepest radio image of a globular cluster ever made. So that's one aspect. The other thing is that as uh, this is uh, in preparation for uh, the next generation of observational facilities that are being built, one of them being Square Kilometer Array, being built partially in uh, Western Australia, actually. So uh, this is just giving us a glimpse into uh, what science will be, uh, we will be able to do with with uh, facilities uh, like the Square Kilometer Array. Now, you mentioned to detect this, you were pushing the limits of a particular telescope. What telescope were you using, and whereabouts is it? This is uh, CSIRO's Australia Telescope Compact Array. This is in regional. Uh, New South Wales. This is uh, uh, situated at CSIRO's Powell Wild uh, uh, Observatory on uh, Gomeroy country in New South Wales. It was built in 1988 and is one of the best radio telescopes in the world, uh, just like uh, the Parkes radio telescope. Okay. All right. And a few hours spent with this telescope, I'm imagining. Um, it was around 450 hours of observations. And is it all done remotely? It is almost all done remotely, yes. So we do have uh, uh, support scientists at the observatory that help us, but yes, it is done remotely. It was mostly uh, uh, my former PhD student, Alessandro Paduano, uh, who has graduated, and myself and other collaborators uh, that we took observations over together and covered uh, over a year of observation and then a year of analysis. And my final one for you, Arash, because I'm always about the names. So 47 Tukani, I think we're saying it's called. Yes. yes. So yeah. have you got any idea why it's called that? So it was, it is coming from uh, the constellation that it was in and the culture that it was detected in at the time that named it, uh, that was uh, when it was listed, it was, I believe one of the, uh, it was uh, in that particular catalog, it was named that way. A lot of these names come depending on uh, either the constellation on the sky or the catalog that they are associated in, depending on who actually cataloged them for the first time. So that's the origin of the name. Okay. All right. Thanks for explaining it for us. I'm going to try. I will tonight. I know I'm in the city, but I'll still try and have a look out for this cluster. I think it's pretty cool. Thanks for the fine work, Arash. Thanks for having me.